Retain Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, if you may, if you met one new person today, then hopefully that's the you know that's the big thing. I think Lauren, you got I got you in late, so you might not have gotten to meet one new person, but hopefully you can find you can find somebody new in, in here uh, as we go along today. Uh, I'll throw the link to the Slido into the chat window again. I don't know the the settings with with Zoom these days, the history if it pops up or not, but we're gonna go back and use Slido as our guide today. So take another thirty seconds or so, just run through. Uh, Slido, see if there's anything that you want to upvote, anything that you want to add, but we're really literally just going to go top to bottom uh, of what's in there. So, you know, go start opening a lot of guest windows, adding a lot of fake upvotes if you want something that's really, really going to pop to the top of the screen, uh, if you want to game the system or not. And then um, when you get a, when you get a second, drop something in the chat window, uh, drop in who, uh, one new person you met today and something about them. Uh, just a unique fact or something like that uh, would be great just to do that in the chat window while we all get these topics rolling. I'm starting to see a lot more upvotes um, in ways that, all right, cool. So uh, if you, the way this is gonna work, I'm gonna bring up a question, we're gonna talk through it and uh, I'll, I'll give a quick little intro about it and then we're just gonna start calling on people. So if you look in your reactions button down at the bottom of the screen, there should be a raise hand feature We'll try and we'll try and do this in an orderly fashion. Uh, so if you can do that and raise your hand, that'd be great. We can call on you, bring you off mute, bring you up here, uh, and get a nice discussion going. So uh, the first question that we have at the very top right now is, um, what ways have you engaged non-responders? So if I'm looking at this, non-responders typically means maybe like NPS or CSAT surveys, but I would just venture to guess in general if you're reaching out to customers. Um, and they're not responding to your CSMs, they're not responding to you. Uh, what are creative ways maybe that you've brought to the table to um, hopefully get around that? I'll give an example right now, um, or I'll talk you through a situation right now, and then I'll, I'll hopefully get somebody to raise their hand, start talking through some ideas that have worked for them in the past. But um, one thing that we're doing, we, we're going to do a customer listening tour right now. So we have 100 customers we're trying to talk to in 50 days. Um, we're going through right now, we've got about 20 customers who are on our third outreach. Uh, so they haven't engaged the first two times we've outreached. And so we're gonna have to employ some other tactics here pretty soon um, for us to go engage with those customers. So that's a, a 20 customer list right there that we're gonna have to go work through. So that's just something that we're, we've been thinking a lot, a lot about recently is um, how do we go, go engage them? Because I think them not engaging is actually something telling, uh, especially when we're reaching out uh, with an executive from our team who's willing to come to the table. So um, definitely wanna try and figure out ways to get around it. Andrew, Marks, you've got your hand raised. What are some ways that you've tried to do this in the past? And we'll hopefully get some more people to, to raise their hand as well. Uh, well, um, you know, back when we actually got together in, uh, you know, and, and did events uh, and went to uh, conferences, um, uh, I had a, uh, a senior executive that uh, I was having a hard time uh, getting to call me back. I knew that they were going to Dreamforce in San Francisco. Uh, I knew because I had done my, my account mapping and I had, I had contacts at multiple levels of the organization. I knew where this individual was staying, uh, and uh, and and I knew that this individual was a Starbucks was a Starbucks junkie. Uh, so I went in and sat in the Starbucks in the lobby of this hotel for like three hours uh, until the until they uh, until they showed up to get their morning coffee and just happened to bump into them uh, in line. And, uh, and it, it led to, I, I, I bought the individual coffee and we sat down and spoke for 20 minutes and reconnected and, uh, 
you know, it, uh, it, uh, it definitely worked. So, you know, some people have said, well, that sounds kind of like stalking. And I, I, I guess it, I guess it is, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to reconnect with your customer. I like that example a lot. What maybe a, a simple or another version of that, that I've heard recently is I actually heard somebody send a Venmo of like one cent or two cents to their customer and said, Hey, here's just my two cents real quick. And, um, and they, you know, got the person to respond that way, which I thought was a, a pretty unique way to do it, you know, in today's world where, you know, everyone's using Venmo or something like that. I thought that was pretty clever recently. And especially if you put your two cents in there, that'd be, you know, that's even better. Um, Sarah, you've got your hand raised. What are some ways that you've tried to uh, engage non-responders? Yeah. So, and this is answering Pam's question in the chat. So we just sent out a big um, direct mailer to our non-adopters that had a 100 churn score um, with us. We're using churn zero and we created a um, onboard game. So it's a game board that we sent out that's magnetic, that has a magnetic piece that walks through our onboarding journey and the different tasks that we hope that they achieve. Um, I'm not sure if I can share it with you guys. I don't, I don't know if I can add an image or if I could share it to show, um, but it was really cool. We had a the magnetic piece, we sent it out. And in that journey that we have in Turn Zero, we are actually already seeing engagement. And this was sent out last week um, and we've seen engagement and a return on it already. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Uh, yeah, if you want to send, if you have like a screenshot or anything, um, if you want to send it to me, uh, I can throw it up here. Or actually, there you go. Perfect. There you go. So our mascot is a kangaroo and his name is Roo, or her name is Rue. And so there was a little Rue kangaroo that is magnetic that moves along the board uh, for what we hope that they achieve for their onboarding. Um, but we sent this to all of our non-adopters as well. So all of our new clients will get it, but then we sent it to all of our 100 churn scores, all the red churn scores as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the idea too of getting this in the mail. You know, trying to go the opposite route. Um, for instance, like one of the one of the ways that we've been thinking about for these 20 people that are not engaging with us right now is just we have we have a Sendozo account, so we're trying to figure out can we send them like a small little gift? Can we send them something that's physical? It gets outside of just the the email cadence then and something that might get lost. So um, I love that example, Sarah. And I love that screenshot that you, or that um, graphic that you showed too. Looks cool. Um, Michael, you got, oh, sorry. Did you have something else to add, Sarah? Did I cut you off? No, sorry. Okay. Um, Michael, you've got your hand raised. What are, uh, what are some creative ways you've tried to engage non-responders? Yeah, this was not one that I used. It was one that uh, one of the account managers that I had that was working on, uh, she had, we had gotten the information. The account was really great. Uh, wanted to get back in touch with them and just could not get through the front door. So she went down to Payless and she bought a pair of shoes and she shipped the shoes, one of the shoes to him and just left a note in there saying, hey, now that I got my foot in the door, uh, I'd really love to come in and meet with you. And uh, she got the appointment. She got back in. So it was it's all about being creative and, and finding something that's going to get them to open it. Uh, the, the only other thing we do do is we make sure that whenever we want to really get in touch with somebody, we make sure it is either priority mail or it is FedEx or it is something else that has got to them rather than just general um, going through because that way they're going to open it. You know, either they or their assistant, someone is going to open it and look at it and put it on top of the stack. So that's just something we do. I like it. That's another good example. I like that little tidbit you threw out there too, right? Of, uh, trying to figure out how to get to the top of the stack because I would imagine, you know, 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know what your mailboxes look like right now, but mine is uh, 75%, you know, junk. And so I typically just uh, throw it out. Uh, it's uh, probably lost a lot of things in there um, over time. Uh, David, you've got your hand raised. Yes, I'll give you two. Um, what I have done in the past is I've I found a book or an article that's specifically important to either something for the individual on a personal level or on a business level. And I've sent it to them with a handwritten note and I've always used a trackable mail. So A, I know they got it. B, they had to sign for it. Um, the hand, it, it's not necessarily the book of the article that gets the attention, it's the handwritten note. And I almost always have gotten a response for that. Um, the other thing I heard somebody do, which is kind of like the foot in the door sort of thing, is I heard that somebody sent a prepaid phone with one phone number that was programmed in it and it was their phone number and they sent it trackable mail and when somebody got it, they, they knew that they got it uh, because they got the receipt and then they called it and obviously the person answered. Man, that is, uh, that, that one seems a little like a stretch for me, but I like the, I like the idea. I like the, you know, at least people are thinking outside the box. Um, it's great like for the, an ex a senior executive. <laughs> you gotta spend the money for a senior executive. <laughs> yeah. I like the, but I, I like your idea too, David, of um, also just trying to figure out, like, again, I think in some cases, right, we're reaching, we're, we're reaching out and it might not be as valuable as we think. So how do you add bits of value in there for the person or for the, the company, right? Uh, articles, books, um, reports, or things that might be important to their industry. You know, sometimes I've seen people um, get access to certain G2 or Gartner reports and send those across as like, a, hey, I know you don't have access to this or haven't seen it yet, but, you know, here's something of value. So um, I like that a lot. Uh, Jung, you've got your hand raised. You're on mute, Jung. If I had a nickel. Um, so um, this is this is a little more of like the, the Trojan horse ap approach, and especially for some of our smaller like SMB clients who actually just have more FaceTime, right, with some of the executives. So it's, it's, it's going backwards. Um, whenever we did a like mad re uh, a release, um, so any of the like here's the spring release of like the features, which people just sort of glance at sometimes and they skip over, um, even if our work is really good. Um, we sent out around the holidays for like the winter offerings, um, a handwritten note, which we would have done for some of the gifts anyway, but with also like a, a custom scratch off, which you can get for like really cheap. Um, and then within there, there were like, we like did some jokes that was like one-on-one -on -one with your CSM and like, um, and I think it worked because it was COVID versus like earlier when it's like, what, what is this thing? Um, so just, it was a really innovative way to provide a little bit of fun, but actually still get to where you needed to and get a little bit more time. So we were able to get some FaceTime with people who we, that had ghosted us for a little bit. Nice. Yeah, I like that um, example, especially I feel like everyone's got a little bit of a, ga a gambling itch, right? So if you send a scratch off, I mean, you have to do it. Like you can't you leave it. it. You can't you can. leave it sitting there. Yeah, I bet you um, the funnel drop off after scratch off is higher than what I had access to, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty good. I like it. Uh, awesome. All right, Josh, you've got your hand raised. What are some ways you've done this? Uh, I'm on mute, yeah. Uh, I'll share my screen. So uh, I've had just for 
not necessarily only for um, for ghosted types of users, but for anybody I'm looking to build a relationship with, right? I go to this LA Live, LA Talks, and they have autographed books from their speakers. I used to go to the live events before COVID. So you can see here, Al Franken, Doris Goodwin, Kirk, Kurt. I've, I was the reason that they're sold out of the Melinda Gates book. Uh, so for $30, you get an autographed Melinda Gates book. You have all these celebrities, Matthew McConaughey, $30 is actually supposedly a good book. Uh, they're all autographed and people love it because you can find a topic that matters to them and it's autographed and people assume it's actually more expensive than it actually was to purchase. So that's my little tip. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Anything. And you make them feel a little special, right? Hey, I got an autographed book from Melinda Gates. Like what? I can't imagine what Josh had to go through to get that, you know, uh, and, and you know what? He wasted it on me. Uh, so uh, I like the I like the thought process there, too, of trying to make somebody feel feel, you know, special, important, more important than they are. Maybe I don't know the right right way to say that, but uh, just came to mind. Um, awesome. All right. Well, we just ran through a bunch of things. So uh, getting your foot in the door, maybe sending a shoe. Uh, thinking about how to send something in a mailer, you know, I loved uh, Sarah's example about uh, sending something that shows the onboarding journey and trying to get them back on track. Uh, obviously, I think, you know, David had a couple others around sending articles or other books, uh, but how are you kind of breaking through the noise? It sounds like trying to trying to zig while everyone else is zagging um, definitely comes to, to top of mind. So um, just hit on a ton of those. Uh, next question this is kind of similar, but maybe just more specific around executives. Uh, this is actually a question I asked. Um, but what's been valuable for an executive, it seems like executive business review is like the number one thing you hear. And then it's also the number one thing you hear that people hate because it's never as valuable as you know, you think it is. And so I'm just curious if there are other types of meetings, uh, what ways are you structuring business reviews to make them, uh, make people actually want to attend, make them actual, maybe fun or maybe engaging in a certain way. So I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind for people about engaging executives specifically, um, but I just wanted to throw that one out there because I know for me, at least executive business review is probably like the number one answer that people write back with. And, um, I don't necessarily know that they're the most valuable. So, um, Alex, you've got your hand raised. Yes. Hello. Um, so I'll copy out this contribution by saying that we are thinking about doing this, but have not yet done it. So ask me again in what I wish was one month, but likely is six months and I'll tell you how it worked out. But, um, so yeah, EBRs, a couple of things. I think EB, the utility of EBRs depends, I think primarily on how many the executive is asked to attend. In our industry, I work for a company called Cognite. It's on my head. I did not plan that today, but I, I appreciate it. I look like a bit of a teacher's pet. Um, the, uh, in our industry, you know, we are the first CSM that our customers have encountered for the most part. So it's novel, it's new, and we're essentially doing digital transformation for you know, big energy companies. Right, who can kind of have never really been in a SaaS subscription relationship. So EBRs work for us because it's new, right? If you're a marketing tech company where they have 17,000 vendors that want, you know, a mediocre slide deck's worth of their time, I appreciate it's not, probably not a good option. But nonetheless, I think what we're really trying to do is distill in the EBR the uh, the focus both on letting them talk more than us. So we ask them to prepare an update that is like, you know, we give them more time on the agenda and we ask their like team to kind of practice and prepare to update us on their business. And that's been effective because there's, they have some skin in the game. Right. And they kind of have to do what we do, like very intentionally, like check in with them a week before to make sure they've done their prep or we'll push the EBR. It's almost kind of shifting like the power dynamic to say, this is better for you than it is for us. And that's been pretty successful. Um, so making sure that we're laser focused on that. But, but one of the things that we've, are just thinking about doing, there's a couple of companies out there that are trying to kind of automate the EBR. So it will be like a three minute video 
The company I'm thinking of is a company called cast.app. We're not a customer yet. We're thinking about the utility of that, um, where essentially it's like the preview, right? So the three minute preview before the 90 minute movie, all the basic stuff, right? Usage, what package you're on, adoption, any tips and tricks. And we send that to the executive. And because it's like an interesting kind of newer approach, application of technology, um, the, they are quite predisposed to attending the EBR because they've kind of been, you know, um, teased, so to speak, with three minutes of insight. And then it also has the opportunity to take away all the boring transactional stuff from the actual summit. Um, as well. So we kind of outsource the boring usage data type stuff that is important, but not relevant for their, that executive's time. Um, so those are, those are kind of two ways we tried to kind of use technology to make the EBR more important um, and predispose the executive to attend. So I know that wasn't directly the question, but I guess my point is EBRs are tired, but kind of by focusing on the 20% around the EBR, we find we're getting a lot of utility. Yeah. No, I like those examples. I mean, I think one, one thing that we've seen recently, um, or I've seen recently that has worked well also is like you said, getting skin in the game. I think sometimes we develop this, the slides behind the scenes, right? We're kind of dictating a lot of that. We already have a, uh, we already have a pre-described deck from our company and we all need to be using the same slides and whatnot, but actually getting your direct contact involved in developing those, right? Like getting them skin in the game and developing them as a partnership actually um, tends to help a lot. And then I liked your, your second point as well. I, I continue to try and coach a lot of our CSMs to, no matter uh, whatever we're going to present in the meeting, we need to be sending it ahead of time so that they can actually read the material. Again, I know that people won't really, really read the material earlier, but if you sent it in a one pager, it's a lot more likely that they're going to read it ahead of time. And if you do that, then you get a lot of the, the, the tired stuff out of the way, right? You get a lot of the metrics, you get a lot of those things out of the way, because really what you're trying to focus on in the 60 to 90, 90 minutes or however long your EBR is, you want to, you want discussion, you want questions, you want engagement. You don't want reading off of a slide. Um, so that's just stuff that I've noticed as well, um, Alex. Justin, you've got your hand raised. Uh, what are some of your thoughts here? Yeah, so I might, I might take it a little bit different angle on this because it's, it's not just about the EBR, right? It's just about continuously engaging and creating that loyal executive group in, in that base. And what we've started to do, especially in, in the last year because of this, the virtual environments we've lived in, is how do we bring more executives together and see us as being more of that thought leader and innovator within our space, but doing it in a way that's more immersive for them, that they're getting something out of it. And it's not just about us talking about our, our organization. So we've done a lot of things where we've invested in kind of doing kind of these, these keynote speakers that'll come in and do a 30 minute kind of presentation around, you know, development of an executive. Like, how do you have, how do you, you know, do a Zoom meeting? How do you prepare for public speaking? And bringing them along on this journey of seeing us as that thought leader gets them to become more engaged when we ask them to do things like the EBR or, you know, they want to do an on-site visit. Like we're getting a lot of those requests now. They already kind of see us in that light because we're not always talking about ourselves. Our investment is also to make them successful in their careers. And that's kind of a take that we've kind of done to try to gauge more or get more engagement from that executive level um, customer that we have. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, I think I've heard uh, a couple other companies as well take a similar uh, small group approach. So actually bringing the other five to 10 executives to uh, talk through, you know, um, talk more about, you know, the challenges and things that they're going through and how they're on similar playing fields or similar levels, right? It, and it starts to get them to, to um, engage more about peer sharing rather than, again, kind of us talking about ourselves. Um, so I've seen that work as well. I like that example, though, Justin, of, 
Um, even thinking about that individual and saying, hey, you're really important to us. How can we help you grow in your career and bringing some of the things to the table? So um, another good one. Uh, David, you've got your hand raised. Yeah, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a couple and I'm going to go in a different direction also. Uh, the first one is, I think that one of the best gifts you can give an executive is not including them in meetings that they shouldn't be in, right? Telling them, letting them know that you thought about it, you respect their time, and you'll send them an executive summary afterwards. So exclude them from the meeting. If they want to come, they'll tell you they want to come, but then send a very high level executive summary to them so that they're in the loop, they stay engaged, but they don't have to give up their time and participate. That would be number one. The second one is having conversations with them that discusses their company strategy and their critical obstacles that they're facing getting in their way, making it all about them, but at a very high level. If they're an executive, they're involved in strategic planning and, and, and strategy in their company, and you want to talk about them, the more you understand about their strategy and the more they open up, then the more you can help them. And then the third one I just say is, is delivering competitive insights to them about their competitors at an executive level, something that might impact their direction of their strategic plan. Yeah. Uh, going back through a couple of those, you know, uh, for that first one, I've even seen recently, um, executive summary. Can you even put that into a little bit of a quick video format, right? Can I just record, Hey, here are the insights again, kind of putting a name to a face that gets to recognize you. Um, and even, um, jokingly, but not jokingly, I actually have recorded some of those. And what I've done is purposely stumbled and, and purposely made it feel like it's not just a, um, you know, perfect take where I've uh, done it a hundred times and manicured it. You know, I think adding a little bit of authenticity actually adds value in those types of things, but I like that um, a lot. And then the competitive insights thing I've seen quite a bit as well. Um, and again, you know, you don't have to get into the weeds of like, oh my gosh, did you see your competitors running this article or, or they're running this ad and this type of thing, right? But um, what are the big swaths that you're seeing in, in the industry? What are things that might be changing? Um, and then go, going back to your example as well, I think if you can get to understand what that executive is caring about when they do executive planning, that's also a really good way that you could bring together multiple executives who are overcoming the same obstacle, right? You can bring together five uh, executives and say, hey, you all have been talking about this same obstacle you're trying to get over. You're all in different industries, so it's not competitive. And so let's talk through that as a bigger group. And maybe that's where you get some of the, uh, the benefit. So I like some of those a lot, David. Yeah, I've, I've done that in customer advisory board meetings where we have yep. you know, a bunch of customers that have the same obstacle and we talk about that. Awesome. Um, Janae, you've got your hand raised. Yeah, thank you. Um, might be a bit of my sales background, but just want to go back old school and say wine and dine is always a great way to get to the executives and spend some time with them without um, necessarily making it focused on the business, but it makes them more interested in what you have to say when you have to say it. So along Justin's lane, as well as some of the things that David said, but in if anything that you can bring value to their business, such as we've done team building activities, with the on-site teams and invited the executives to come again if they have time or a lot of times we'll schedule something as a, a team outing um, after the EBR so again if they choose not to come they can get the down and dirty while we either go to dinner go to a ball game or you know like I said sometimes we do scavenger hunts or other things that build within their team but it also integrates us as part of the team it's been super successful and everybody loves to be wind and dine. I like it going old school. And, uh, and if you can't wine and dine them, you know, send them a Uber Eats gift card or send them something, you know, in the mail too. always works. I've even seen, um, Oh, I just blanked on what the famous 
New York cake company is. Um, oh man. But if you want to send somebody a cake, that's always a great way. Some sweets. Um, Andrew Marks, hand raised. I have a, uh, I, I have a counterpoint to uh, David Ellen's comment. Uh, with all due respect, David, I disagree. I with was you. expecting something, Andrew, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, you know me. I'm pretty transparent. Um, so if if you're, I 100% agree with you. Making it about them. This isn't about you. This is about them, right? You should be talking about maybe how your solution is playing into their strategy, but you, you definitely make it about them. If you're making it about them, and if you're able to do things like provide competitive benchmarks and insights, then you should be able to get that executive into that meeting, as long as it's not, you know, obnoxiously long. Your business review should not be some 90-minute, you know, diatribe about how great you are and, and how they fit into that puzzle. Right? It should be 30 to 45 minutes. If you have 30 to 45 minutes of an executive's time and you're not going down rat holes and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're talking about them and their strategy and how your platform fits into their strategy, then you should be able to get them into the room. And if for some reason you, you can't, then following David's approach is, is uh, definitely the right way to do it. But out of the gate, I would do everything I could including making sure that your format and your delivery of that business review is really going to resonate with that executive, right? Take that, take their perspective and figure out, Hey, what is it? What is it that this person is going to be really interested in uh, and, and, and get them in the room. It's my two made, cents. Yeah, no, I think you made a really good point in there too, towards the end, uh, Andrew, around the facilitation delivery of it. You know, I don't think we spent enough time coaching our teams on, how to facilitate a session. How are you actually trying to drive engagement rather than just reading off slides? You know, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a meeting and if I I'm looking at a 10 slide deck and literally somebody's just reading word for word and you know, you're seeing, they're saying, Hey, you know, I'm not an idiot. I could have read this myself. So I think, you know, what you just mentioned to me is a really big insight as well, Andrew, about how are you getting your teams and how are you getting them focused on driving engagement, asking the right questions and kind of bringing or lifting some of the stuff off the screen in a way that you're not just reading it. So um, I like that point. And I think respectfully, you know, David agrees as well. Um, all right, we'll move on to our next question and uh, keep hitting through these. We've got, if you're still on the Slido, you want to keep upvoting stuff. I think I just saw it change a minute ago, but uh, feel free to do it. There's so the next one, um, what metrics do you consider leading as part of your customer engagement strategy? So, um, you know, similar to what we're doing for uh, renewals and retention, you know, what are the right ways that you're thinking about, you know, how do you know if somebody's actually increasing engagement or decreasing engagement? What are things that you might be looking at uh, for some of those types of activities? Uh, I'll give maybe one example or two things that I'm thinking about right now, and uh, then would love to hear if others have some, but obviously one... We have a customer community, we're a community company, so we, we need to make sure that we have a, a customer community that's thriving and growing. And so uh, there's two metrics that I'm starting to look at pretty heavily, which is um, kind of what's our activation rate in our customer community. So if we have a thousand customers, how many of those thousand customers have at least one person who's logging into the community? Um, so are they actually getting into the community? And you know that to me is kind of a leading metric for us to understand if they're gonna be engaged in that type of um, activity. And then even ahead of that, one thing that we're trying to look at as well is um, we're, we actually have kind of a, uh, we have two key moments along the implementation or onboarding process where we're asking customers to go 
sign up for an account and to go um, start to look at like the first training that they would take. Um, and so those are two metrics that we're looking at as well, which is, are they actually going to sign up for an account? And then um, if they're signing up for an account, are they actually looking at the right training, the first, first level of training during that process? So those are like three things that we're looking at that are just part of that um, engagement process. Those are a little bit specific to the journey, but now we're starting to build out things that might look at um, email opens that we're having. Uh, we have Pendo. We've got a couple other things that we're trying to look at. So we're trying to look at the levels of engagement across uh, several different things, but those are some metrics that we're, we're caring about right now, especially around our customer community. So um, I don't see any other hands raised. So I might just start calling on people to see if, they, if they've uh, developed some who I might know. So I don't know, uh, Alex Farmer, I know you're, you're big into systems and technology, and uh, I don't know if you've built out your Salesforce machine yet, but is there anything that you're looking at, you know, for some of the leading metrics about engagement and whether it's with the CSM or whether it's with digital content that you guys are producing? Yeah, so I'll caveat that. I'll be brief because um, it's a call out and I'm not, I have to get my thoughts <laughs> together. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, big into communities, I'll be, I, I will caveat that by saying we are a really high touch companies. So we weren't, it's not, you know, we're not the digital led kind of, uh, uh, type approach. So I think, you know, that's an important caveat. One of the things we are working on is this idea of kind of a customer engagement score per contact, um, that then can, you know, and then you look at the customer engagement score per persona and you can weight the executive sponsor engagement versus, uh, you know, the, the business users engagement. And that really got us thinking it's ironic. The, the product we sell is called, it's a data contextualization platform and our data internally is terribly uncontextualized. So we are very much living the example of the painter's house is never painted. So we've done a lot of work to kind of build out our, we, we use Salesforce again, homegrown uh, for now um, to take our data and, and, and have really gone like granularly into all of the touch points that our customers have with us to build that engagement score. So we're talking HubSpot email opens, webinar registrations, community uh, activation, also EBR attendance, which we track in Salesforce. So just starting kind of at a rudimentary level to just identify all of the touch points from the kind of the expansive web of what we offer our customers and try and aggregate that into a score as to, to, to bring into the customer health methodology. Um, I would say community, you know, I, we are pretty big in community as well. Uh, the, you took the metric out of my mouth. That's definitely the biggest one that we uh, track. Um, you know, the percentage of customers with at least one monthly active user um, is kind of our big one. But then also, uh, we also look at drop-off because we have such a small base of customers, we have to really nurture those that are in the community. Um, so we'll kind of look at uh, the first month, laser focus on engagement and adoption of that community platform. Uh, as well. So just a few thoughts. Awesome. Yeah. I like the, your call out too, just about um, making sure that you're putting it in, into context, you know, making sure that you understand uh, kind of where that's existing and, and when it's existing. I'll flash a quick um, uh, thing on the screen here. These are the categories that we're trying to measure engagement across. So for us, can everybody see that? Uh, so for us, this is where we have programs or we have things that, you know, fall underneath each of these, um, each of these areas. And so then we're trying to measure where are customers engaging with us and where are they not? It's just becoming an easy way for us to, similar to what Alex mentioned, trying to contextualize uh, the types of engagement that we're trying to drive, the types of activities that we're building, where do programs exist? Where do we have gaps? But this is really trying to, to align our teams internally uh, in that style of thinking. So um, to me, that was just a, a way that we're, we're starting to do that here pretty recently. Um, David, you got your hand raised. 
Yeah, I'll just throw two out that, uh, that everybody is probably already using, but I'll, I'll just throw them out in case somebody isn't. One would be looking at support tickets submitted, right? If you're a SaaS company and, and, and clients are using your application, there's always something wrong or something that can be improved with an application. Clients always either raise their hand and say, help me fix this, help me do something differently, or hey, here's a feature that would be beneficial for us in the future. So looking at the engagement on support tickets, whether they're feature recommendations or issues that are coming up would be important. And then the other one is if you have a knowledge base, looking at knowledge base activity, who's going out and reading your articles, right? Who's looking at your blog? Who's really interested to see what your, what your thought leadership is that you're putting out in the community? Those are trackable and having that as part of a, an engagement score is valuable. Yeah, that's a great one. So uh, part of my role here at HireLogic is around the kind of self-service that we're doing with customers. So not only the community, but knowledge base, like you mentioned, David, and then education um, and academy that we have. So those are that's definitely another one is that knowledge base. We're trying to figure out um, we're also trying to look at, you know, where are searches happening? You know, like what types of other data can we get to help us build out better content in the future? So what searches are happening where we don't have results or other things like that? So um, so I just wanted to, uh, to call that out too, which is really good. Um, all right, the next question that we've got here is how often is too often for client reach outs? I don't know if anybody, if, if you have a strong opinion uh, about this question, seems fairly straightforward. Um, I don't know if I have exactly an opinion. I mean, I think the answer depends. I think that's what everybody might say, but I don't know if anybody particularly has a, a strong way. Annie, you've got your hand raised. Hi, good morning um, or afternoon, depending where you are. Um, I guess a strong opinion, yes. I, I think outreaches, um, my team struggles with this because they feel like they're bothering their clients. And so it's a constant conversation of like, well, why do you think that? or what is the intention of your outreach, I think is most important in that conversation. Kind of like trying to find the why in a client when they're upset, right? It's like, what's your intention for reaching out? If your intention for reaching out is to get a PO, to help them with something that's an issue, to reply from a meeting or a training, to follow up on something that took you a little bit more time to figure out, like those are all with intention and sometimes they can all blur together and you feel like, you're reaching out to the client a little bit more often, right? But the intentionality is really what they need to lead with, right? And if it's meaningful to the client or the customer, then your outreach is spot on, you know? If yeah. you're texting them three times a day and emailing them three times a day, what's your intention is then, you know, the time to be a phone call or a meeting or something more tangible. Um, and we keep reflecting on that, but I do find my team tends to, you know, hold off a little bit sometimes and need a little bit more direction on figuring out that the intention is powerful and it is meaningful. Um, yeah, I, I think something to go along and kind of carry that through Annie as well as um, getting our teams and coaching our teams on, on how to craft and write better emails uh, that are engaging and that people want to open. I mean, I think, um, again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect with this, but I would generally say I've, I've spent, I just took a writing course for eight weeks um, like I'm trying to always better myself because in today's world, right, everything is going to be a digital communication. So what's the mm -hmm. way to stand out is how to make that differentiated. You know, how do you make it engaging? How do you have a thoughtful subject line instead of just checking in or reaching back out? You know, how do you actually put something in there that somebody's going to want to open and engage with? So right. I think that's another thing to carry through as well of what you mentioned, Annie, which is uh, certainly intentionality, but then, you know, how do you make that 
show through in the actual communication, add a great subject line, think about the con like mm -hmm. think about the way you're structuring the email. Is it too much content, too much written? Do you need a video? Like, I think there's a lot, a lot of questions you can answer there. Yeah, one thing we did with the team because like negotiations and renewals was part of that too. Like, how do you message that digitally, right? So we did a book club with never split the difference. And one of the pieces was just flat out ask, are you breaking up with me? And half of the team was like, I don't want to ask that. I don't want to say that. I don't want that to be my subject line. And the other half of the team was like, heck yeah, I do. I want their attention. Like some form of engagement in the outreach, you know, is, um, and the ones that did found a greater return. Yeah. So I think to your point, the writing also and the education behind some of that and what works and what doesn't has been really helpful for them in their coaching. So I, lo I love that. I love that black swan email. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. It's awesome. I, I always get yeah. yeah, always because I, uh... and then they're afraid. They're like any engagement. I'm like, yes, even if it's like you're crazy, that pricing's nuts. They just engaged with you, you yeah. know, like now you have the upper hand and that's yeah. been a huge turning point with communication digitally. Right. With, so with, with us saying to a leader, oh, so learning and development for your team isn't a priority for you, huh? You know, just throwing <laughs> that out there. I get a response. I like that one. I get yeah. a response every time. <laughs> yeah. we, um, we, we have a, we have our customer community and it's called hug, uh, higher logic user group. And so I always try and riff on using the word hug. So recently we've been thinking about subject lines that say like your monthly hug and then in parentheses putting like, you know, update or something, but like little thing, I mean, just to your point, you know, how do you get cheeky with it? How do you um, just introduce something that's just not a normal checking in or following up or something that's just going to be read right through. So I like it. Um, awesome. Let's see. I think we've got about eight minutes left. We'll try and hit one more. Let me try and find one uh, that might be pretty easy for us to just run through really quick. Uh, what types of activities do you include in customer engagement? Um, would love to just get a stream. Actually, this might even be good if you uh, throw it into the chat window. What are ways that you engage customers now? Just think of every way, just start a big stream of threads and then I'll get, I'll work with Russell, who, um, who I think is on this call I saw earlier, but Russell helps us with our um, blog content for Gengar Retain. So maybe we can take all the activities that people list and we can go through and kind of dedupe that and list out, you know, what people are doing. So um, if you're engaging customers via webinar, if you're having one-on-one -on -one meetings, uh, if you're having customer community events, whatever it is, just start jotting those out in the chat window right now. And um, we'll take a list of all those and try and send them out to everybody. Even the unique ones like, you know, sending text messages, sending in-person or in or sending LinkedIn messages, sending mail, actual physical mail to somebody's mailbox, um, whatever you have. Yeah. Just start throwing them out and we will, I just volunteered you for that Russell, but I figured, you know, it kind of falls in line maybe with a lot of the blog content we might be writing. So you tell me if that was. Yeah, that's that fine. Just don't end the meeting before I can copy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll get the, yeah, I'll, I'll get the thread so I can send it to you. Um, I get it. Okay. I get a download of it. So I'll make sure and send it to you. Okay. That'd be great. Uh, if I didn't though, right. You know, you'd be sitting over there wanting to kill me. Um, all right. While everybody's doing that, um, there's a couple other questions maybe that don't have to do with customer engagement, but I think we might be able to throw them out there. The one last one, does anybody use sales loft and gain together to track engagement? There was a question in here, maybe like a quick thumbs up or thumbs down. See if anybody has a thumbs up. I don't see anybody doing a thumbs up. So I'm going to venture to guess whoever asked that question, you might be in the minority right now. Um, so you're going to have to we're gonna have to, we'll have to put that question up onto gangrotain.com where you might be able to get some more folks involved. Um, all right, cool. People are still sending out, still listing a lot of stuff. So I'm seeing 
uh, Eloqua, phone calls, mass emails, quarterly webinars, office hours, connecting on LinkedIn, text messages, video messages. Um, oh, the course, I the writing course I took was uh, called Power Writing. It's from a guy named Sean, S-H-A-A-N space P-U-R-I, Sean Puri. Um, it's called Power Writing. It was, he, he did a lot of writing stuff across uh, kind of multiple mediums. So it was like, how to write the best LinkedIn message or how to craft the best tweet thread uh, or Twitter thread, how to um, craft an email, the cold email, it's going to be good open. So there's a ton of different scenarios that he put in there, uh, which are pretty good. All right. HubSpot, Intercom, Ask Nicely, Chatbots or Intercom was one we haven't talked about recently, but it'd be good. Surveys, yep. All right. So we will take that and we'll try and, and blow it out into an article that we can list out on Ginger Otain and, and make sure everybody gets uh, some of those. Maybe even I'll throw a LinkedIn message or LinkedIn thread out there right after this that everybody can engage with and we can get some, uh, some more ideas. All right, we only have five minutes left and uh, I'll, I'll end this a little, a couple minutes early and give everybody back, you know, time to stand up, stretch your legs, go walk outside for your next meeting. Uh, whatever you know you want to do, go do a quick lap around the house, uh, go fold your laundry, whatever it might be in between meetings you like to do. But um, I really enjoyed this today. This was great and thought it was some good, good discussion. Like I said, we're going to come up with our theme for August. So if you have any ideas, shoot me a message or an email. Um, I think I'm meeting with a few people tomorrow to talk about that. So, um, you know, you, you can still slide in something that was relevant to you. But um, enjoy the discussion. We'll have this out on the podcast and some other areas if anybody's interested. Uh, as always, you know, come to gaingrowattain.com, join us, talk, uh, throw some discussions up there, and um, we'll see you all again soon. Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll uh, we'll connect again next week. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.